son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in, Anita Marks with you on this fantastic Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. I welcome you in. Uh, Coming to you live from Bristol, Connecticut. Maybe you saw me just moments ago on ESPN2 hosting Daily Wager. Uh, Getting everybody ready for this this Saturday slate of college football games. And it is a fun one. That's for sure. Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. USC going up against Washington. Uh, Trying to think some others. Georgia in Missouri. I like the over there. So, and uh, hosted the, sh- the show with uh, with Sam uh, Acho, who's just absolutely fantastic. So had a lot of fun this morning and with you for the next three hours here on 98.7 ESPN and a lot to dive into. Um, Jordan Renan, who's out in Vegas, I'm sure having a great time. As we know, he covers the Giants, will be joining us at 1230 to get an update uh, on this Giants team. Of course, we know that Daniel Jones will be back under center I'm sure there's some Giants fans out there who don't feel that that is the best option. I certainly do, and I would imagine hopefully that there's some Giants fans out there who do agree with me. So excited to hear from Jordan, who will be joining us, like I said, from Vegas at 1230. Mama Mimi, who's become a staple here for us on Saturday, is going to join us at 1 o'clock with her picks and her plays. Uh, She's been doing extremely well this season. Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network as always, joins us each and every Saturday afternoon at 1.30. So excited to get her on. Joe Wiz is always at 2. And uh, Chris Rim, who is part of ESPN, he's the beat reporter for the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, is going to uh, join us as well to give us a, a look, as I like to call it, a look behind the curtain. What's going on with this Chargers team? And uh, get his take on the Chargers and Jets matchup. That's for sure. So a few things uh, to dive into that I want to talk about on the show. We will talk some NBA. Unfortunately, the Knicks lost to the Bucks last night. No bueno. That was not good. Obviously, um, you know, this, this Knicks team is somewhat, has been somewhat disappointing. There's no denying that, right? They're sitting at 2-4. and four. Um, We've seen peaks and valleys. Listen, I, I don't think this Knicks team has, has hit their potential yet. That's obvious. They lost to the Bucks last night, 110 to 105. Just defensively, they're they're doing well. I mean, to, to hold the Bucks team to 110 points, I think is pretty impressive. Just offensively, something's up with Julius Randle. I mean, he's averaging 13 points a game. He only scored 15 last night. That's an issue. But Jalen Brunson is is a man possessed. He was absolutely incredible. 45 points last night. But still, this is a Knicks team who's sitting at two and four. But what's what's really interesting is that last night was the inaugural start of the in-season tournament, and I'm really excited about this. I don't, you know, in hearing a lot of the uh, the players and those who cover the NBA, I I think it's it's a mixed bag in regard to players. But I'm excited about this. I, I do. I want to do a deeper dive into what this all means and how this is all going to play out. But you've got the West and the East. 
You've got group A, B, and C in the West, group A, B, and C in the East. One team advances from the group. And then, of course, out of the West, there's a wild card. Out of the East, there's a wild card. And then it's single elimination. The championship takes place in Vegas in December. I'm excited about it. I I do want to do a deeper dive into this on the show and and take your calls and get your thoughts on this as well. Um, But you've got a Knicks team. They're coming out of the East Group B. Milwaukee, of course, who unfortunately they lost to last night. Um, Miami, who even though Miami's off to a real slow start this this season, I think is a team that very, very likely is going to take this tournament seriously, knowing Eric Spolscher, their head coach, and Washington and Charlotte. So I think the Bucks come out of this, but depending on how New York plays this out, you know, there's still a chance that they could still win the group, even though they lost to the Bucks. Um, or or get in as a wild card. We'll see. But I'm really excited about this tournament. Curious to get your thoughts on that. But I, I want to start the show talking about the Giants. And here's why. This is what I don't understand. So this is a Giants team now. They've got Daniel Jones back in action, back under center, who's their starting quarterback. Um, Andrew Thomas was able to practice this week. I do believe that you get him back on the offensive line. This will be the first time, of course, Daniel back in action along with Saquon Barkley because keep in mind the the past few games when he was able to play prior to him getting the neck injury, he did not have Saquon Barkley um, at his disposal. So there's all that, right? So now you get your starting quarterback back, an improved offensive line that we're anticipating. They're heading to Las Vegas and taking on a Raiders team that fired their head coach, fired their offensive coordinator, okay, fired their general manager, and benched Jimmy Garoppolo for a rookie and Aiden O'Connell. But yet the Raiders are still favored by two. I, I don't. I don't the the amount of disrespect that the odds makers are throwing the Giants way to me is ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. The over under is at 37 and a half. And, and and I'm not sitting here telling you that the Giants are absolutely positively going to win this game. I'm not saying that. But there's no doubt in my mind that the Giants should be favored here. Again, marinating the fact that this is a Raiders team that just, like, talk about pushing the reset button. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Antonio Pierce, who, of course, former Giant, won a Super Bowl with the Giants, boarding Compton, came out this week and said, I was born a Raiders fan. So, you know, his passion's there. He's going to be fighting. He's the interim coach. He's going to be fighting because he wa- I'm sure he wants this job moving forward. Is that what's dictating this line? I-, I mean, a lot of times, you know, we see interim coaches take over a job and-, and it really turns things around for that team. And it makes those players really play a lot harder, a lot faster, a lot better. 
could that be going into this line? And again, I'm not sitting here telling you absolutely positively the Giants are going to win this game. They traded away Leo Williams. Um, but you still got Wink Martindale as your defensive coordinator. I just, just the amount of disrespect from the odds makers to me is unbelievable. And I'm just, I want to hear from Giants fans. 800-919-3776. Granted, um, Darren Waller is is not going to play. And not like he's been doing a lot this season anyway. I really think the straw that stirs this drink is Saquon Barkley. But I'm just, I'll use the word shocked. I am shocked by this line. I am shocked by this line. And I want to hear from you, Giants fans. 800-919-3776. Um, this is a really he- healthy slate of games for uh, for Week 9. Waking up early in the morning to the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs playing in Germany. 1 o'clock, we're giving the Seattle Seahawks and the Baltimore Ravens, both teams who I predict are going to win their division. We'll see what happens with Cincinnati in that AFC North division. At 4 o'clock, we've got the Cowboys going up against the Eagles. And then at night, Buffalo and Cincinnati. This is an exciting week nine in the NFL, but I want to spend some time talking about the Giants and the Raiders. Like I said, we got Jordan Renan, who's going to be joining us at 1230 this afternoon as well. And we'll take your calls. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I hope Daniel Jones has been taking notes and sitting right by Tyrod Taylor because the offense looked different when Tyrod was in. What he needs to do is learn, learn how to get the ball out of his hand. There's no quarterback controversy. We all know who the quarterback is going to be, but Daniel Jones and his development in this offense needs to learn and study what made Tyrod so successful because I think Daniel Jones can absolutely do the same thing. He just needs to tweak his game a little bit and get back to playing like he did last year. Very close to the vest, no turnovers, no sacks, getting the ball out of his hand. We've seen him do it. We just need to see him do it this year. That is Amani Toomer. Gentlemen, that's on the K show, you said? Yeah, he's got his, uh, it's a weekly hit, right? That he joins the K show? No? That's right. Yep. Okay. (laughs) I'm getting a lot of yep, yep. Um... (laughs) Anita Marks with you again, uh, coming to you live from Bristol. We've got Harvey and Joe who are producing the show. We're going to hear from Jordan Renan coming your way in about 10 minutes. Uh, He is in Las Vegas. Hopefully he can um, step away from the craps. What do you guys, you guys, knowing, knowing Jordan, is it craps? 
Is it blackjack? Is it roulette? What's his What's his casino game of choice? Do you think all of them? No. Come yeah, on. he's a no. big. He's a high roller. You could be. Yeah, but you've got. Usually, you've got like one. Like it's 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 your go to. For me, it's the craps table. I'm a big. I'm a. I'm a big crapper. <laughs> I just made that up. Uh, I, I. But no, seriously. I like. I love. I love the craps. <laughs> And it's so fun. Like, I, I like to play blackjack, you know, uh, 7, 28, red 7, black 28 are my numbers in roulette. But I love the craps table. I don't, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with blackjack. I think Jordan Renan is a blackjack guy. I think when he's not golfing, because that's where I think he's spending most of his time when he's not mm-hmm. covering this game, right. I think, I agree with you. I think he's staying up till. The wee hours of the morning at the blackjack table. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, so we'll hear from him. Uh, of course, we'll hear from Mama Mimi. She's excited to jump on board at 1 o'clock. Cynthia Freeland, as always, Joe Wiz, and Chris Rim, who covers the Chargers. I thought it'd be great to get him on, even though the Jets, of course, another primetime game for the Jets. And Zach Wilson <laughs> um, going up against. Have you guys taken a look to see how many rookie quarterbacks are starting this week in the NFL. It's 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 ridiculous how many rookie court, like like seven, and account Will Levis on Thursday night against the Steelers. It, Makes it hard to bet on. It does. It does make it hard to bet on. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Um, we've got Richard uh, calling in from Jacksonville. I'm going to get to you in just a second. But I'd like to hear from Giants fans. Like I, like I think this is like the ultimate disrespect. Like, like I get it. I get it if the Raiders didn't have all the changes that they had this year or this week, right? But, like, again, this is a Giants team getting their starting quarterback back with Saquon Barkley, finally. Have any, any, anything, any update in regard to Andrew Thomas? Like, I think he was leaning towards starting and playing this week. Any confirmation of anything? Granted, they will not have Darren Waller dealing with a hamstring. I don't even know if he made the, the trip. He may have made the trip, right? His his wife lives out there and, of course, won a championship with the Aces. Um, and and that's, that's a shame, right? Darren Waller not going up against his former team. But nonetheless, this is a Giants team getting healthier. Granted, they lost Leo Williams in the trade. But this is a... This is a, a Raiders team. They fired Josh McDaniels. They fired their general manager. They fired their offensive coordinator, and they benched Jimmy Garoppolo for a rookie quarterback in Aiden O'Connell. And I, I, I'm, I, I know the narrative out there when an interim coach comes in, you know, he sparks new life in a team. A lot of guys play differently, play harder, you know, uh, Devontae Adams came out and said a change was needed. All of that. But this is like a lot of change. This is like this is like a plethora of change that has happened here. And yet the Raiders are still favored. Like, what? I don't like, I don't like I get it, but I don't like, I don't get it. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Richard in Jacksonville. Richard, welcome in. Hey, hey, Anita. Sadly, I do get it. 
I'm a huge Giant fan. I was at the opening day disaster with Dallas. Um, this is a historically bad offensive line. Could be the worst in the history of the NFL. Whether Andrew Thomas is there or not doesn't really change that. When he was there, it wasn't any better. Um, what happened in the last game reminded me of the game a couple of years ago when on the third and 19 or whatever when they did the quarterback sneak. I think this giant team deserves any shame that comes their way. I think what they've done to Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor is criminal. Um, the fact that they're both injured is the most predictable thing ever. Their offensive line put them in harm's way from the beginning, and that hasn't changed. So you could put Waller out there. You could put Saquon out there, and I love these guys. But that offensive line isn't doing anything against anybody. So, sadly, that's where I'm at. And I have a question for you. How is the Giants' ownership getting, like, not crushed on a weekly basis? Like, when we look for blame and people are blaming Daniel Jones, which is ridiculous, isn't the blame for this completely on ownership for being out to lunch for five years? Isn't that the problem? But here's and, and Richard, don't hang up. I want to have this conversation with you. I, I'd like a little, you know, sure. back and forth on this. Sure. I, I don't. And and full disclosure, uh, a lot of people think I I, I drink the blue, the blue Kool Aid because I I worked for the organization for a good six years. I was part of their broadcast team, so I know the Mara family well. I know the Tish family well. Um, you know, I I don't I don't think this was about ownership uh, being out to lunch. I think this is this is this is the Mara family with the history of being uber um, committed to their employees, and where you've got other other ownership groups that are knee jerk reactionists, if that's even a word, to up oh, you know you've got a losing season, you're out the door. That's just not the way that okay. that that's that's not the way that the Mara family operates. I, I, I will say this. I think they, they after Tom Coughlin, well, a few things. Number one, Richard, I think they let Tom Coughlin go too soon. I would have liked, I would have liked to have seen them give Tom Coughlin another year. That's number one. I think, uh, okay. I think, I think, okay. I, think I think Ben McAdoo was the wrong decision. I, I think that they thought, they thought that they were, that they were going to lose Ben McAdoo to the Philadelphia Eagles. And so they jumped on that. Um, oh Pat Shermer, Pat Shermer was an absolute disaster. Joe Judge was an absolute disaster. Now, if you no. want to say, if you want to say that the ownership group made bad decisions in regard to the coaches that they hired post, post um, uh, Tom Coughlin, yeah, I'll agree with that. But I will say this, Richard, I do believe they got it right now with Joe Shane and Brian Dable. Okay, I, 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 uh, I agree with you. I, I believe in Dable and Shane. I really do. But what I'm saying, I'm the person you did not mention was Gettleman, and that's the person I'm referring to. And while I do respect, I, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying about Giants management, and they have been, you know, great stewards of the franchise over the long period. They give us a lot to be proud of. They left Gettleman in a position of power, and he destroyed the franchise, and it's so obvious on a weekly basis when you watch that team now. Dable and Shane must be pulling their hair out because they have so little flexibility because they're both capped out and they and a, an insane lack of talent across the roster. And when people are analyzing what Daniel Jones is doing, I, I don't know. I feel like I know about more about sports than most people. That's probably just my ego, but I, I coach for a living. But the point is, 
I can't believe people are putting the blame for this partially on like a Daniel Jones or like even a even like a um, a Barkley. Like if these guys were playing with a functional offensive line, they are potential All Pro players, particularly Barkley. I think Daniel Jones is way better than people think, and I think he's the one who should be thinking: Should I really stay here? Like not the giant, not hoping the Giants keep him, but. I don't know why he wants to stay there for because they haven't done anything right by him at all. Well, well Richard, I'm 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 going to go one step further, and and again, I I do appreciate the phone call. Um, you really you really want to put blame on someone? It started with Jerry Reese. Jerry Reese, towards the end of Eli Manning's career, neglected the offensive line, and I truly believe that that's why we saw the decline of Eli Manning. And don't forget, he was benched for Geno Smith. That was Jerry Reese's doing. So I I don't, if, if there's what, you know, there's quarterbacks out there that you know, like you know what that quarterback needs in order to, to perform well. And the majority of quarterbacks in the NFL need good offensive line, right, and good offensive line play to perform well, especially towards the tail end, the back nine of Eli Manning's career. And he didn't have it. He didn't have it because Jerry Reese neglected it. Jerry Reese left the cupboards dry when it came to the offensive line play. Then Gettleman came in, hog mollies, whatever he wants to call them. I call them dancing bears. Swung and missed on many. Um, Who was that offensive lineman that they drafted from University of Miami? Oh, he was just absolutely horrible. Eric Flowers, what a complete and utter bust. And... And so, you know, Joe Shane is trying to pick up the pieces here. Now, I do like Andrew, like, keep in mind, Thomas has been injured for quite quite a few weeks now. Uh, even before Daniel Jones obviously got injured and went out. And I think he makes a big difference on that offensive line. I think Evan Neal needs to be moved into guard. I don't think he's athletic enough to play tackle. So, you know, th- this is this was a really big uphill climb for an offensive line that both Eli Manning and Daniel Jones need in order to have success in the NFL. But it started with Jerry Reese. And Gettleman did not help the situation, if anything, hurt it. And, you know, I, I, I think we need to give Joe Shane and this organization, I think, I, I, think you need, I think you need to give a regime a good three to four years to see what they can do and what they can materialize. Um, and so, but again, I just, yeah, did, did ownership not get it right? Here's another thing that, that I'm not in agreement with, you know, in, in order for a football team, there's so many moving parts to a football team. There's so many positions in order for a football team to have success. You need a general manager in a scouting department that is going to scout and sign or draft players that fit the scheme of your head coach slash offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and what they are putting out there on the field. So everybody has to be on the same page. So when you hire a general manager one year, then fire a head coach the next, and then hire another head coach the following year whose scheme doesn't fit the players that your scouting department has drafted over the last few years, that's where the disconnect comes in, and now you're playing catch-up. Now you're having to mix and match. Now you've got an offensive coordinator saying, I need more speed receivers to play in my offense. All you've been drafting for the last few years are possession receivers. 
So your possession receivers don't fit my scheme. And there are coaches out there who live and die by a scheme as opposed to coming in and looking at an offense and looking at the parts of the offense and creating an offense and a game plan around the players that they have. There's more coaches out there that come in. They're like, this is my scheme. It's worked for years. This is what we're doing. Okay, but the general manager and scouting department who hired you doesn't have the horses in the stable to make your scheme successful. And there's more teams out of the 32 in the NFL that have that disconnect than are on the same page. And that's why I'm saying I think the Giants finally got it right with bringing in Joe Shane and Brian Dable coming together, putting their schemes together, working as a cohesive unit, lockstep with one another. But we, we, but we you, need to give it some time to marinate. 800-919-3776. Dave in the car, I see you. We'll get your call. Also, we come back, we'll take you out to Las Vegas where Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants, uh, is, again, I think he's on a blackjack table. That's my bet. No pun intended. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Me, DJ, uh, obviously uh, Drew's able to get back. Um, Neil, uh, we haven't had you know, all of our guys in the field at once in a long time. Uh, so it would definitely be you know, just good when you have your playmakers and some of your best players out there. Um, and we gel well together. So to say we're going to pick it up of scoring how many points, four touchdowns and a half, uh, I can't sit here and guarantee that. But uh, definitely give us a better opportunity to win football games when uh, your best players are out there on the field. That is Saquon Barkley. Preach, preacher, preach. Welcome back. Again, Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon. We take you out to Las Vegas. Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants, joining us now. Jordan, we have a wager going on in the show. Did we pry you off the craps table, the roulette wheel, or the blackjack table? Oh, you guys whiffed. You guys whiffed. The answer is the poker table. Oh, my. Come on, man. The poker table. Yeah. You can play poker at home yeah. with your buddies. I know, but I'm. I, I hate. I, I. I'm not a big uh, fan of table games. You know, it's just. A, uh, I'm. I. It irks me to the core when the odds are against you and like to play blackjack. Like it's good to sit down with your friends at a table, but it just it like gnaws at everything, every fiber in my body to go. You know, put the odds against yourself and. 
have basically just being set up to lose. Oh, I I love the craps table. You can't pry me off of it when I'm in Vegas. That's for sure. That would be my choice, if anything. It would be oh, craps. It is. It is. It is so fun. It is so very, very, very fun. Anyway, all right. Let's dive. You'll into- never get me to play roulette. I'll tell you that much. No way. <laughs> well- never. Well, let's let's dive into the Giants. And I opened up the show and I said okay. the amount of disrespect, Jordan, the amount of disrespect yeah. from the odds makers. This is a Raiders team. They fire their head coach, their general manager, their offensive coordinator. They bench their starting quarterback. They're starting Aiden O'Connell. And yet they're still favored yeah. by one and a half, two points at home. What, what, I, I mean, are you just, are you, sh- I'm sh- I'll use the word shock. I am shocked by this line. I am shocked. I will say that, right? Like, I think the Giants should be favored. Their defense is playing really well. How is Aiden O'Connell going to score some points against this team? And they're, they're obviously getting healthier on offense. I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. But let's just say this. To be fair to the Raiders, and I agree, the Giants should be favored. The Raiders have a better record than the Giants. I know they just fired their coach and their men. They have a better record. Uh, they have some talent on their roster, so I see why. But being here, you get and you get the sense why. People think that they're going to get that initial jump like, uh, remember the Colts won their first game with Jeff Saturday? Just because Antonio Pierce is the head coach, that the players are, like, free, right? They, they feel like they've been free from the reign of Josh McDaniels. And now uh, they're all of a sudden going to perform significantly better just because he's not there. And you have the uh, everybody happier. And, you know, is, is, that it's automatically going to lead to them being a better team, which I don't think usually works that way, but maybe they get an initial jump. I guess, you know, that's the general public's thinking, but yeah, the Giants should be favored in this game. Uh, They have a a really good defense, uh, especially the past few weeks. If anyone's watching, I have a hard time finding a path for Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders to score 20 points against this team. And with Daniel Jones back, with Saquon Barkley healthy, with the offensive line, maybe potentially in, in a little bit better shape, uh, you like the Giants to be better offensively, even, even if they're without Darren Waller. Well, let, let's talk about Antonio Pierce for a second, right? He came out this week, born in Compton, said he was born and raised a Raiders fan. This is the dream of a lifetime. As we know, played for the Giants, won a Super Bowl for the Giants. There's a lot of respect for him uh, in that Giants organization. Um uh, on a scale of 1 to mm-hmm. 10, do you, you think that there's uh, some people in that Giants facility, in that building, that are a little concerned about this matchup because they know Antonio Pierce, they know what kind of player, coach, person he is, that he can get this Raiders team riled up? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people in the Giants organization that know firsthand the kind of leader he is. Remember, you know, even though Michael Strahan was on that defense, basically – and I, I wasn't there at the time, but you just hear, like, they viewed Antonio Pierce as that dude. Like, he was the leader of the defense because he was the centerpiece, right? He was he was the middle linebacker. He was the guy calling the plays. Uh, so, you know, anyone who they've seen basically lead at that level, right, defensively and be the guy for a Super Bowl-winning team, uh, they think highly of Antonio Pierce. And I know there's people in the organization – who aren't surprised even the slightest that, that he's a head coach, especially once he got into coaching. So, yeah, they, they could definitely see that team getting a jump from that. But like you said before, they're starting a rookie quarterback. That's the hard part. That's the, that's the one that I can't get over. 
right? A rookie making his second career start against Wink Martindale's defense, which is playing really well. And look what Wink Martindale's defense has done to these mediocre subpar quarterbacks in recent weeks, right? Sam Howell, uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, they have not looked good. Uh, the Giants dominated those guys, and it's hard for me to – Antonio Pierce isn't going to all of a sudden – and by the way, they haven't they changed their offensive coordinator too, Anita. So it's not like he's going to be able to overhaul the offense in, in, what, five days, six days? They played on Monday night too, so it's even less time. Yeah, it's 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 really unbelievable. Again, Jordan Renan joining us uh, from Las Vegas, which is really, really awesome. Uh, let's turn our attention to what's going on with the Giants. And again, Daniel Jones back in action. Uh, you know, what, mm-hmm. what, what can Giants fans, you know, realistically expect from him uh, coming into this game and, and in the defense or lack thereof uh, that he's going to face with the Raiders, uh, of course, yeah. outside of, uh, of Max Crosby? Well, let's start with this, right? Daniel Jones, remember, has played two games this season with Saquon Barkley. The other three, Saquon was hurt, mm-hmm. so he didn't play, right? This was before Daniel Jones got hurt. And that's, okay, the first one was a complete disaster. They got just housed by Dallas, right, in every way, shape, or form. Second game, they had a monster second half, and the two of them kind of went off in that second half of the win against that comeback win against Arizona. So now they have Saquon, he has Saquon Barkley back against a team that's averaging 140 rushing yards per game. So Daniel Jones is most certainly going to have a lot more help in this game. I know Darren Waller's out. That's his number one receiver. That definitely hurts. But having Saquon back is a big bonus. Plus, you know, their offensive line is in, has been slowly getting into better shape, and each week it, it's in better shape. And I have Daniel this week. I said, you're coming off a second neck injury, right? It's a neck injury. Is there, do you have to play differently? Do you have to be a little bit more careful? Do you have to, are you maybe less reluctant to want to, want to run the ball or have designed runs called? And he basically said, no worries at all. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go. I'm going to play aggressive. Uh, I'm going to run the ball when I need to. But the only thing is, and he said he's been working on this for several years now, is just get down when he has to. So it didn't sound like Daniel Jones is going to hold back at all. So I think he's kind of set up here to have a nice return spot here against a Raiders defense, which isn't very good, which isn't good against a run. They're going to have to respect Saquon Barkley. I think that's going to create some opportunities for Daniel Jones to make some plays. Now, they just have to make sure they, they block Max Crosby. Exactly, exactly. So, um, and, and, and Tyrod Taylor, he is out. So Tommy DeVito mm-hmm. will go in as, as the backup. God God forbid anything happens to Daniel Jones. Uh, we know how great Saquon Barkley has been, the straw that has stirred this drink, and, and the amount of volume that he's getting is tremendous. But no Darren Ridiculous. Waller. Dar- Darren Waller is out, which is disappointing. Obviously, going up against his former team, of course, you would have liked to have seen this, right? Um, mm-hmm. and no, so, absolutely. So, so your thoughts on, on, you know, on how this offense, the passing offense, uh, is going to matriculate down the field? Well, Anita, let's think about it for a second. This offense is now the offense that the Giants had last year, right? That we're, back, we're back to that. So I think that should be the expectations. Can they, can they play at that level? Uh, they do have Jalen Hyatt to add as a downfield threat. I'd like to see Daniel Jones. Like, that's the one thing that we saw from Tyron Taylor that we didn't from Daniel Jones is to get the ball downfield a little bit more. 
and use guys like Jalen Hyde. I mean, that's his skill set. His skill set is strictly basically get downfield, get, you know, hit, hit some deep plays. So uh, with Saquon as a threat in the run game, I would like to see that from Daniel Jones. But aside from that, I think the expectation should be essentially what their offense was last year. You know, use Saquon Barkley, you know, heavy workload, build it around that, hit some, you know, play action, rollouts, things where you can get Daniel Jones some easy, quick throws and uh, move from there. So that that's what the offense should be this week. But they're playing with – they have a better defense, the Giants, this year than they probably did last year. I think so. So if you could – what, they need what around 20 points and they should win this game. So that's the expectation. It, it, it doesn't doesn't that sound like last year? Get to twenty points. Get to around twenty points. You 20, know, work the ball. Take one Barkley. Right. Yeah. And you and you could win. And win a, win a tight game. Make the right plays at the end, which they haven't done this year. They made the wrong plays at the end. Be, before we dive into the defense, uh, offensive line. So again, confident that Andrew Thomas is going to play. Uh, your thoughts on Evan Neal? And and I I believe he needs to move into guard. I, I doubt we'll see that happen this season. No, or or you know, what are your thoughts about this the thing with Evan Neal? Is that's a tough move to make midseason, mm-hmm. especially when you think about it. Neal, they don't really have a right tackle to put in place of him. So it's I I think that's a move, an off season move. I, I I agree with you. And it's funny you said it because I have uh, a source who's a personnel executive in the NFL. And when Evan Neal was drafted, he told me, you know, you know, I actually don't think he moves well enough. I think he's a guard. And he was pretty much on an island. There really wasn't a lot of people who thought that. And I just, you know, put it aside and didn't think too much because most people thought he could play tackle. And as we moved along here, it looks like he's right. Like, it looks like Evan Neal's future is at guard, maybe, and not tackle unless he makes big jumps here in the second half of the season. But I, I actually expect to see. Evan Neal today. Um, the problem is Max Crosby is the guy he's going to be going against, right? And uh, you just line up Max Crosby, who's, by the way, one of the best players in the league, one of the best pass rushers in the league, every single play over – like, don't even mess around. Just put him right over Evan Neal, right? You don't, you don't need to move him around. And if you're the Giants, that means you basically have to have a tight end, a running back, helping and chipping on every single Again, Jordan Renan joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's take a look at this defense. And no Leo Williams, right? Uh, we had the trade deadline that came and went on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and Leo Williams was traded. Giants, I believe they did make the right decision in regard to uh, his contract and, and, and what was on the horizon. Um, you know, Adoree Jackson was another player that was being reported that they were trying to uh, trade as well. Obviously, that did not happen. Your thoughts on No market, this- Anita. No market. Right. That's why they didn't trade him. There was no takers on the Dory Jackson. Your thoughts on on how this front seven is going to perform now without Leo Williams there, Jordan? Yeah, it hurts. I I do think it hurts, uh, especially they're not going to have the pass rush push that Leonard Williams gives. I think you have guys like Aishan Robinson and Rakeem Nunez-Rochas. They they can help fill that – rundown void that Leonard Williams provided. Now, Leonard Williams is obviously a better player than them. But I I do think they could fill that rundown void with those two guys fairly competently. It's the pass rush that I think is going to be affected. But now that's up to Wink Martindale. Okay, what other pieces can we use in the pass rush? And and we're talking about blitzes, maybe uh, alignments where you see less defense alignment on the field, 
uh, more linebackers and defensive backs perhaps blitzing in different spots. So I think that's how they're going to have to overcome that. And uh, we'll see how that works. I don't think it's going to be a huge loss in this game because you're facing that rookie quarterback. Maybe down the line when they're playing the better quarterbacks, like you know, when you have to play Philadelphia or Dallas, uh, that we'll see, okay, they kind of miss Leonard Williams because they don't have that interior push in regards to the pass rush. But against Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders, I don't think it's going to be blatantly obvious in this one. Um, last question for you in regard to the defense, and that is uh, Bobby Okereke. Am I pronouncing that properly? I, I, I just go with Bobby O. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm horrible. No, you got it right. So okay. it's a funny story. He actually went by Okereke, switched, uh, switched to Okereke, and now he's back to Okereke. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad I got it the first go around. Um, <laughs> he's been an absolute beast. And, and, of course, anybody who listens to me knows that I'm a, a big gambler. And uh, I've just been playing over tackles for him on prop bets and winning each and every week. I mean, the dude's been a beast the last four weeks. What changed that this defense finally woke up and started playing the caliber of defense we were expecting at the start of the season, Jordan? I think there, it took it takes time to gel, right? The guy like Okereke is new in the system. Uh, younger players are starting to step up. Like Michael McFadden is playing really well. Uh, he struggled, if you remember. I think it was week week one or two. He had he had a rough game or two early in the season. But just some of these younger guys, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau has really stepped up his game. I don't think anything needs to be said there. That's pretty obvious. Dude has eight and a half sacks. Uh, so I think I think it's just a time thing. And also we have to be realistic sometimes. The, the, the competition is a little lesser, right? They got to play Sam Howell. They got I know I know they played Josh Allen and played him great a couple weeks ago. But they got to play Sam Howell. They got to play Zach Wilson early in the year. It was you know. Uh, the 49ers and uh, the Cowboys and the Seahawks. I mean, those are that those are a different level of competition. So I, I think we, we do have to be fair and factor that in. But in general, I think the units is gelling and getting better. And even the, the young cornerbacks. I mean, Deontay Banks is I think playing better now than you know, than in the first few weeks. Young rookie cornerback who's who's had a really solid rookie year so far. So you put all that together and you have the makings of a pretty good defense. I'm still a little worried about their depth. They're, they're not very deep. Can they afford any injuries on any level? I'm not so sure. But when they're healthy, we're seeing this is a really good unit. Before we let you go, uh, give us your, uh, your, your game script here. You know, how does this play out? Who wins? What's your score? Give us all the things, Jordan. Yeah. Saquon, another 20-plus carry game, uh, a lot of running. Daniel Jones, you know, sporadic in the passing game, but it's enough because Wig Martindale and the defense, they do their thing. What are they allowed? 14, uh, 7, and 13 points in the last three games. So allowed, same thing, this, you know, 13, 14, 16 points in this game. And all the Giants offense has to do is get the 20, which against this Raiders defense, I actually think they can do. But okay, they obviously have to avoid the big mistakes, the stuff that, that was happening to them early in the year, the turnovers, uh, the special teams miscues, those kind of things. If they, you know, botch those kind of things, that allows a team uh, like the Raiders to beat them. That, that That's their path to losing. But uh, if they can play semi-clean and rely on Saquon Barkley in the defense, I, I think the Giants will win this game in, in uh, almost flooded well Oakland, but Las Vegas. <laughs> Great stuff. Jordan, thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your poker games. And um, 
and we'll see you back. No, here. no, we're done. We're done. No more games. No more fun and games. It's all business now. <laughs> we'll see you back here in Jersey soon. Have fun. Sounds good. Thanks, Anita. Have a great show. You got it. Uh, Jordan Renan joining us from Las Vegas. Quick break. We come back. We'll take your calls. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you on the Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. You'll never get me to play roulette. I'll tell you that much. No way. (laughs) Never. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, boy. That only means one thing. we got some breaking news here on 98.7 ESPN. What do you got, Harvey? So, as we met, as we know from the trade deadline, the Chicago Bears traded for Montez Sweat. Mm-hmm. Per Ian Rappaport, Montez Sweat has agreed to a four-year extension worth $98 million, that's 24.5 average per year, mm-hmm. and he's getting $78.2865 million guaranteed. The total deal can become up to $105 million. Wow. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. That's, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of shoes for this chick right here. That's a lot that's of a, poker games right there. That's a lot. That's a lot of shoes. Uh, thank you for uh, for that breaking news. By the way, the 2024 Navy Federal Credit Union NHL Stadium Series comes to MetLife Stadium this winter for two games featuring four division rivals. The Flyers face off against the Devils on Saturday, February 17th at 8 p.m., and the Rangers take on the Islanders on Sunday, February 18th at 3 p.m. Tickets are on sale now at NHL.com slash stadium series tickets. So make sure you check those out. Also, NBA action, tip-off happening momentarily. Who do I like? I like the 76ers. I'll lay the four with the 76ers. Again, this game against the Suns starts uh, momentarily. So if you want to put this in, the 76ers are 4-0 against the spread this season, by the way. I think they're happy that uh, Harden is gone, that drama is gone. They can focus on on, on hoops, which, by the way, they've been playing really well so far. Embiid and Maxi are just killing it. Nick Nurse's system, I think they fit it to a T, uh, more like free-flowing style basketball. I love watching them play. If you haven't tuned into them, I thought I thought the 76ers were, were going to be trash. Uh, just not the case right now. Drama's gone. They're winning games, third in offensive rating. And the Suns are 24th in opponent points in the paint. So I think Embiid should have a fun Saturday afternoon. So, again, in the NBA, in the association, a lot of games tonight – but today, this game tip off in just a few minutes. Uh, I will lay the points with the 76ers. If you could get them at four, please do. Let's go to Dave in the car. Dave, welcome in. Good afternoon. Hey, thanks for having me on, Anita. I just want to say I want to make a statement and then make a, a suggestion for the Giants. Um, I watched the rookie quarterback in Tennessee have a big first game, and my first thought was, and I've been sharing this on other talk shows, was the great game that Daniel Jones had where he came back. The Giants were down 18. He threw for 300 yards. Daniel Jones won his first game. 
And I started to really focus in on that and think of the malpractice he's been through in the Giants organization. I think he's a shell of himself. I think there are a lot of quarterbacks in the league, if they had to deal with what he dealt with before his neck injury, I think a lot of these quarterbacks would be a shell of themselves as well. I also think that it's not just injuries, but something happened in the building of the culture from last year that has regressed this organization a lot, and that goes on Shane and also the coach. But this is what I think they need to do, and it's not about tanking. I think Daniel Jones needs to be rested. I think he has been beat up on. I think he's a courageous guy like all these other guys out here, but he's, he's, he's at a point now where he's being pushed, he's going to push himself, and he's going to have more injuries. And I honestly believe, I think the Raiders are going to blow the Giants out this weekend, and I think <laughs> that's going to shed light on how horrible the culture development in this organization has declined in almost an overnight fashion. What are your thoughts on what I just said? Wow, Dave, thanks for the phone call. There's a lot to unpack there. Oh, man. Um, uh, let's do this because there really is a lot to unpack. Uh, and we're up against the hour. So uh, we're, we're gonna, we, we need to pay some bills. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, quick commercial break. We come back. Mama Mimi's going to join us. Um, and then and then I, I am going to respond to your questions because, uh, but, because there, there's a lot to discuss there. Uh, also, coming up this next hour, we're here from Cynthia Freeland. Also, last night was the inaugural, uh, like, I, I want to get the exact name right. And, and, I, Joe, and, and, Joe, I know you and I are not on the same page. I think it's the NBA Cup, is it not? No, no. It's the NBA the, World Cup? No, it's called the inaugural in-season tournament for the mm. NBA. It's the in-season tournament. It kicked off last night. I'm all about it. Joe, our producer, he's not Harvey. We haven't had the discussion yet. I want to open up the phone lines. I do want to dive into this. I think I think a lot of people aren't into this because they don't quite understand what it's about. But let me tell you something. This is one of the most important things that the NBA has done in the last two decades. And so I do want to spend some time talking about it. And we will do that in this next hour as well. So still a lot more coming your way. Nina Marks with you on the Saturday afternoon. We'll kick off hour two. Uh, next, here on 98.7 ESPN.